Hey guys, welcome to another episode of A Slut with Morals. It's your host, Ruby May. Uh, you can follow my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at A Slut with Morals. You can also, actually, I think my Twitter right now is A Spooky Slut with Morals, just because it is October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you can also now follow my TikTok at A Slut with Morals Podcast, and that is all one word. Um, I'm here once again with my friend, Anthony. Say hi, Anthony. Hello. You're supposed to say hi, Anthony. Oh, hi, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) I'm lame. Um, (laughs) so Anthony, the reason that I asked you again to record this podcast episode is because you have your own podcast on Spotify called Life Ramblings with Mm -hmm. Anthony Martin. Yes. And um, I have listened to maybe about a a third to two thirds of them. Um, And that's because you and I actually met on Bumble, Mm -hmm. correct? And we met because we both had that podcast. And, um, And you had essentially agreed to be on the show. And this was what, back in August or so? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, August of 2020, running. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said before, and in the earlier um, podcast, which we recorded together, which was the H.H. Holmes ones, um, and then also back in the very beginning of this season, I mentioned you, but oh. I called you Philip. Oh, well, yeah, you know, that yeah. is my legal name, technically, although... We can get into the reasons as to why I chose Anthony Martin uh, later, but there is a a, a story behind that, uh, actually. So. Okay. But your name is Philip. Yes. Okay. Currently. Currently. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna change it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very much a Gatsby style way of. I appreciate your you. I appreciate you as like a person. That's the whiskey has been talking, you guys. It is now in my system. I ordered my flautas, but they're not going to be here for another hour. Specifically uh, for the whiskey connoisseurs, it is Buffalo Trace, which is very, very good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was drinking Crown Royal before. And I have Crown Royal um, vanilla and apple over there. I have peach. I'm more of a peach. Mm. Do the big ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, t- I'm totally sense. kidding. Kind of. Um, so we're back again with Philip, um, who has kind of opened my eyes to my own self. And I feel like we we become we've become so taken with each other's honesty. Um, I know that I can call you and I can I can tell you whatever I'm going through. And your transparency is what I really value. You know, you're transparent with yourself. You're transparent with the future of who you want to be. And um, your insight into some of my fucked up problems, um, believe it or not, have actually made me be like, you know what? It's going to be okay. Like, Hmm. you have made me self-aware as to some of my own mental and emotional issues that I've gone through. And for that, I, I have to say thank you so much because... Um, I've been able to work on them enough to realize that you you opened up and you let me know that that my problem in my past has been 
I am an over, um, I over apologize in situations where I don't need to over apologize. And also that I overcompensate for feeling bad, like it, as if materialistic things are going to make things better, which we all know materialistic things only make things better. What? Like 20% of the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this is kind of why, like, I, I brought you on the show. Um, you you actually haven't recorded since your last episode on July 4th of 2020. Um, and on your last episode, all I could say was hello. You talk about your ex-girlfriends and how you did all of these, like, romantic gestures. And hardly any of them were appreciated. And you mentioned how movies like The Notebook and Sleepless in Seattle kind of shaped and warped your mind on romance. Yep. Um, So recently I was speaking to one of my good friends about my upbringing with my parents and my relationship with them. And they were not very open as far as um, trying to describe what love should be like, what I would be going through and things like that. And I guess, I don't know, for a normal person, I would kind of learn that on the go as I went through, but I am very much a weird, I'm just very weird. And so um, I didn't get that. And so what I gathered was, oh, okay, everything in all these love movies and romantic movies is what I'm supposed to do. And so that's what I did. I got, I would watch A Walk to Remember, Titanic. Um, good movies. Pearl Harbor. They are really good, good movies. movies. They're all really great movies. Uh, the Holiday came around. Love that movie. Oh my God, with Jack yes. Black yep. and mm-hmm. um, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Yes. And, um, I appreciate that. Kate Winslet is also in that movie. Uh-huh. Jude Law is also in that movie as well. Yeah, it's, it's an all-star cast. It's well, just a really I love good movie. Jude Law when he plays, um, when he portrays villains. Like mm. even, even on the animated movie Rise of the Guardians. I don't mm. know if you've seen that movie, mm. but um, yes, like I love when he plays a playboy or a bad guy or like yeah. Alfie. You know, oh, I, yeah. yes, yeah, that movie was so that. good, so so good. Yeah. Um, but no, so yeah, in all of those movies, you know, there's a lot of really big romantic gestures and and it kind of swoons the girl and then they live happily ever after and so that's what i got was okay so i need to go all out do these things and everything will be all right uh and then you'll hear if, if you listen to my episodes that uh that didn't really work out you know turns out real life just doesn't work that way um and here's we literally just talked about this but i do love the fact that you portray yourself as so i was listening to the other episode calling um becoming fat thor oh yeah and um Mm -hmm. that one kind of made me laugh and that was just because you were like you wish that your life would have been a martin scorsese film where you know, it's this original dude that ends up becoming like, you know, a really successful, great person. But then you compare yourself to 
the boxer, which is Christian Bale. He kind of, um, in this movie, he is, um, he loses himself to drugs and et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and then he witnesses his little brother. His little brother is succeeding in yeah. what he was trying to do. So. Exactly. And so he's like living vicariously through him. Um, and you kind of, that's how you portrayed it. Or like, that's how you saw yourself in a way. So at the time, I was uh, really feeling down. I was feeling like I wasn't accomplishing anything. I wasn't moving forward. So I was really feeling like uh, I was disappointing myself and just, you're just really. And you can hear it in your voice the entire episode. Yeah, like you I was just feel... not, I was not in a good place back then, but I was trudging forward. Like I was pushing myself out. I, at the time was a Lyft driver. So I would get out there and uh, basically I was trying to make myself a more interesting person through the stories that I would gather by driving Mm -hmm. as I would pick up more people and just kind of keep saying yes, like, yes, man, like with uh, Jim Carrey. Oh, I fucking love that. Yeah. If if I kept doing things, eventually it would make me an interesting person by proxy. And so I kept going at it but just at that time i was really feeling like i wasn't accomplishing what i was setting out to do which again uh, was basically i'm i'm trying i'm setting out to do the impossible mm-hmm. and so if i'm not accomplishing that i just feel like i'm not doing anything which is definitely you know a lot of pressure in a How old horrible are you? way I'm 27. Okay, so you and I are the same age. Yes. And you've listened to my podcast episodes mm. where I am drunk. I feel <laughs> I'm feeling really down about myself. And for some reason, the first fucking thing I can think of is record. Um, and like you say, life ramblings, right? Um, and this is me essentially venting about myself and how I'm unhappy with certain things. But see... I've learned that in life, you can't really compare yourself to others or the success of others because a lot of other people have had a helping hand, you know, um, a lot of other people like say, I compare myself a lot to my cousin, but at the same time, my cousin only had one kid, you know, whereas I had two, my cousin had a very supportive ex-husband or husband at the time when she was in nursing school that said, don't worry about working full time work part-time, focus on school. I had an ex-husband, husband at the time, uh, that said, uh, hey, fucking good luck with school. Like, you still have to learn how to manage your kids and your full-time job and all of this. You know what I mean? So there are some people that are lent a helping hand, and there are some people that have to actually fucking strive and trudge through it all. And so that is exactly why I resonated so much with the great Gatsby mm-hmm. actually is because I so in high school which is, is really funny because I was a super nerd I went to same I went to uh, the science and engineering high school so my freshman year mm-hmm. I took pre-cal or algebra 2 pre-cal calculus geometry and computer science like all just straight well, up my freshman year. Nerd. I know right <laughs> 
but the, the funny thing was that's attractive actually i was like uh the cool nerd because i was i also played football mm-hmm. and i had a girlfriend okay and so so you weren't like the the pocket protector type of nerd no like i it's funny because um i was actually voted like the most athletic out of our entire thing because people were afraid of me because I would knock the shit out of people when I would play football. Mm -hmm. I played defense. I played safety. Uh, Troy Palomalu was my inspiration and he would just, he was pretty short compared to everybody else, which, you know, I'm not that tall. Um, But he would just go after people. No fear, no anything. It was just, he would just play. And that's exactly how I viewed the game. It was just pure, I played the game because it was meant to be played. Mm -hmm. And school was, I wouldn't say just like a, it was just like an afterthought, really. Like I was just kind of coasting. I could. You were coasting in geometry and pre-calculus and all of that. Well, I took computer science. Calculus. I'm sorry. My freshman year, but. Jesus Christ. So. (laughs) At at my in my senior year, we had to have like a theoretical calculus class because we finished all math courses that Mm -hmm. were available in high school. But I I was just you know I was just like a carefree fuck school whatever I'm gonna do. You know, I have a girlfriend, I'm football, I might go to NFL, whatever. Um, but when I read, so I didn't really read anything that was assigned to us. But the one thing I did read was The Great Gatsby because I saw myself in Gatsby. Okay. I saw that I could achieve this greatness if I worked hard enough. And unfortunately, now that I kind of look back, I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of picked up on his flaws too, because I um, was only as driven through pain, really, because I only got driven by loss. When I lost something, it like triggered something within me that just sparked like I, I gotta do this so the first instance is actually before high school um i had a uh, a middle school crush and she broke my heart she broke up with me and we were going to different high schools you know the whole thing but Again, because I had watched all those movies, I was like, oh, I'll write a letter to her every day. I'll make a poem or do stuff. And I was doing that. But also, somehow, some way, I said, you know what? If I get in shape, she will come back to me. So I worked out five times a week three times a day. I would wake up at six, work out, then eat breakfast. Jeez, I wish I had that little time. Then I would eat lunch, and then I would work out. 
and then I would eat dinner, and then I would work out. Monday through Friday. Cocaine? No, I'm just, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> 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 That's fucked up. I'm so sorry. That's fucked well, up. at the time, I think I was like 13. So oh, no, know. yeah, no, you didn't try cocaine. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, not yet. Not yet. Not, not yet. at 13. No, not at la 13. later, later. later no, possibly, but, oh, but maybe. Not at 13. Maybe. But, um, no, so <laughs> I, you know, I, I kept going at it and Monday through Friday, three times a day, I just kept going because Jeez. at me, when I would look in the mirror, I wouldn't see that I was getting bigger. I would see if I was big enough, she would be here. She would. So you had a type of body dysmorphia. Basically. You developed body dysmorphia, yeah. which is actually pretty common in like bodybuilders and stuff, mm -hmm. um, which they, they see themselves and they're probably already huge, but they can't, unless they're lifting heavier, getting bigger, they don't feel, or they don't look like they're big. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, that's really what it was because I showed up my freshman year of high school and they were like, God damn, you're built like a tank. And I'm like, oh, really? I, I had no idea. Like, I really had no clue. In your head, you're like, where? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, because I was like, oh, I know I'm, I'm you know, something, mm -hmm. but not, not that big. Because, again, if I was big enough or, you know, uh, fit enough, she would have, she would have been with, with me already. Um, and then I, I kind of just got over that and got with someone else and we were high school sweethearts until she broke up I mean uh, cheated on me first and then I broke up with her but, you know. I do remember that yeah it's, yeah. it's a thing but <clears throat> I blame that on my lack of understanding of psychology and putting too much stock into movies because at the time I was like 14 and I proposed to this one girl. Oh God. Yeah. In high school? In high school. Jesus. I know. And so naturally, you know, uh, if you feel like you're restricted, you want to break out. And so I don't necessarily blame her for, you know, trying to reach out and, and do stuff. Uh, I I take blame on myself as well for putting her in that situation. Because I I I don't know if, if you've seen Money Heist. It's been uh, it's a uh, series on Netflix. No, not yet. There's a there's a part where he says um, basically there is always a situation where somebody will betray you. Always. And you know, I, I, that's true. Like, there's always a circumstance for someone, no matter how deep the connection goes or how much they love you. That is the case. And in that sense, it was just, I made her feel constricted and she needed to break out and that's what happened. Um, and was this, hold on, so this was your high school crush, or your high school sweetheart. Yeah. You made her feel constricted. Mm -hmm. um, and then after the cheating, did she end up telling you 
that you made her feel constricted? No. Or she what she did was it was after the fact, which I don't know if it made it better or worse because what ended up happening was she told me after the fact that there was this little fling going on, but she broke it off because she felt bad and then she told me. And so she told me after it was all said and done, it was it was a done deal. It already happened, but she already broke it off. And I'm like, mm. and at the time, you know, I'm 15. I don't know how to process this. And so I'm thinking, you know, like in the damn movies, they may have to deal with this shit. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Um, so I, I tried, I was like, you know, I think you're supposed to try, you're supposed to try to work it out or whatever, but I couldn't, I couldn't see it the same after. And so, so given that, um, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but mm -hmm. do you still prefer the rom-coms or like over action and comedy movies? Yep, do you, absolutely. okay. So you I rank about time, which is the British version of the time traveler's wife okay which is funny because rachel mcadams is in is both. both yeah she's yeah. in both uh i rank that as my my number one movie like as my favorite movie okay I so then you just answered movie. my next question which is why do you prefer rom-coms it's it's just to me it, it just pulls it, at your heartstrings yeah does basically it, okay. that's what it does it it really does because the and you remember Jack Black in Holiday? Yes. How he made the scores for the movies. Mm -hmm. He he like was a composer. Yeah. That along with those moments really get me. Like they really, really get me. Okay, so it's essentially it's the music being played at the same time of the because Some you and of... I just talked about Pearl Harbor and the mm -hmm. music being played during one of the scenes where, um, I forget her name, but it's the chick Evelyn. from, Evelyn, sorry, it's the chick from, is it Underworld? Is that the same? Yeah. Holy You're welcome. shit. Anyway, so she's like telling one of the guys, like, this has been the most amazing four and a half four weeks of my weeks, life yeah. or whatever. And uh, so you were telling me that you loved, and you actually were like playing an imaginary piano at the same time as you were talking. So well, I, I was actually... Know, uh, so I was watching YouTube video, just like learning the actual right. keys. I was trying to figure out. See, how to play and so it. like you're actually in your brain, you're already composed. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you're already playing, so it's already stuck with you. So that's kind of um, that's kind of amazing to me. Like normally, like I'll listen to a song and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, this song's badass. You know, but again, I listen to a lot more '80s classic metal. You know what I mean? So that's why like. I play fucking air guitar and shit, you know? <laughs> I suck at Guitar Hero. I, I do not. Suck. I do not. I can barely get past easy. That if I go to medium, mm -mm. I fuck up. Nope. I cannot use my pinky. I'm on hard, baby. Get yeah. to my level. Yep. I'm sorry, you guys. The whiskey's talking right now. <laughs> um. Okay, so my other question is, um, can I ask why you don't keep your exes anonymous? Is, um... Is there a, like, are you hoping that maybe one day they're like listening and they're like, oh shit, like he's talking about me, 
You know what I mean? Do you like hope that maybe they realize how much either they meant to you or you meant to them or how you are full of like regret over something that happened in your relationship and they'll realize that like you you meant your best so basically because like i keep all of my flings and shit like yeah anonymous as yeah. fuck no for me i am very much under the under the impression that i am going to be a public figure at some point i i feel like my destiny is to propel the human race forward so there is going to be no part of my life that is secret eventually. Mm-hmm. And because of that, absolutely, I want them to be like, oh, shit. Him? Yeah. Him? That was him. That was him. That was he and she was I. Uh-huh. Okay. Just because, and not to be like, you know, putting it in their face or anything, but I really did have the best intentions for everything that I did, and whether it was right or wrong. Until you realize you fucked up sometimes. Until, yeah, when I, and I admitted it. And yeah, I, absolutely. I, I realized what I did wrong, and. Which, like, I can always appreciate growth. Like, when you realize you fuck up and you gotta make it better, you do that. A lot of people out there, both men and women and the other 72 genders, when they can realize that they fucked up, excuse me, and they're trying to make it better, like, that's that's the most that you can really do. You know what I mean? As long as you keep trying to grow, as long as you keep trying to do better and be better as to who you were. Um, my aunt used to have the saying, which is, you never stop trying to be better than who you were the day before until you are six feet underground you know i like that i like that a Thank lot. You. yeah she's like 60 something years old and she's been the light of my life like she has really like carried me through some dark times in my life that's uh that's really great i had someone similar um but she passed three years ago i'm sorry to hear that but she was very much that same person and uh i keep her with me and she's actually what kind of drove me to start actually enjoying life a bit more than I was like she's before. cremated and you got her ashes or no I just, just as like... far as like <laughs> when we had our talk <laughs> we like, we were like yeah here's her face right here <laughs> like, I was literally just imagining <laughs> I keep her with me <laughs> like, you know, she's right here She would always tell me, I'm too serious. I'm too focused on the future. I need to enjoy life. But so. we do need to be focused on the future, especially at our age. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but if I we lose ourselves. Have, so I have been focused on my future since I was like six years old. That's a long time. It's a long time. It's a 21 years. When I watched Armageddon, I decided that I was going to take humanity to the stars there at six years old and since then that's why i went to a science and engineering high school because i was like oh i'm gonna work for nasa I'm yeah gonna do this 
you know, I got into the stock market um, because I saw Limitless, actually. And I was like, you know what? Oh, that's such a good movie. It's a really great movie. That's such a fucking good movie. And that's actually like a series on Netflix now. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, it sure is, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. No, I saw it and I was like, you know what? I think I'm smart enough to figure out the stock market. I'll, I'll do that. And through that time, um, like I said, with my, my Thea, she, she really helped me to kind of balance the negativity from my parents who mm-hmm. were always like, that's such a, a far off dream. You yeah. need to, to be realistic. And I do feel kind of bad at one point. They were like, you need to live like us. And I was like, if I lived like y'all, that would be a failure. Like, I'm not, I'm aiming so far above. Like, if I had a normal life, I would feel like I failed. So are you first generation? No. Okay, so I am first generation. And I have patients coming into the hospital sometimes mm-hmm. where they ask me certain questions. And I make sure, because I always say, practice what you preach, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and the first fucking word of advice I say and I give is, be the exception, not the rule. Do not live your fucking life. Of course, I don't tell them fuck. You can't say fuck to yeah. a patient. But oh, hold on. We got to we gotta hold this. on. Hold on. Hold on. We have to stop recording really fast. We'll be right back, you guys. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> no definitely you can't tell patients fuck you fuck everybody but um so i i always practice what i preach and so sometimes i have patients come in and they're really down in the dumps uh something medically has happened to them health-wise you know like and and they just they feel like they can't get back on their feet and the first fucking thing i tell them is never be the never be the rule always be the exception you know i i always let them especially minorities like you and I, right? We're both Hispanic, mm-hmm. um, both grew up in the United States. My family, I'm first generation. My mom came here um, and then I was born from her, of course. And then, so that makes me first generation born here in the United States, right? right. Um, and I always tell them, we will always want the best for our kids. Like our parents wanted better for us and we want better for our kids, you know? And the very first fucking thing to do, I mean, one time I had this patient come in and she was like, oh, well, I never finished my GED. And she was only 20 years old and already had two kids, you know? And I just remember telling her, do not be a stereotype. Finish be your GED. Statistic. I'm like, there, yeah, don't be a statistic. Like, don't, I can't even say statistic. So, statistic? Statistic. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Don't do that. Don't be that. Um. And I'm like, there are so many community colleges that will help you get your GED. I'm like, strive. And I always tell her because now, and I always tell them, I'm like, now there are kids that are watching you that are learning how to do things like you, you know, 
like me, when I'm doing my homework, my nine-year-old will come in and she'll do her homework with me. My three-year-old or my almost three-year-old will come in and she'll grab a coloring book and she's doing homework too, you know? And that's just because I'm already showing them and I'm teaching them like, hey, education is extremely important, you know? And yeah, there are welders out there and they're making great money. There are plumbers out there and they're making phenomenal money. There's construction workers out there and they own their own companies. You know what I mean? And of course, school isn't for everyone and that's fucking great. But if you see yourself and you cannot see yourself working construction or plumbing or welding or the oil field, you know what I mean? Um, And you know that what you want to do means having to go to school, do the, do the most to the minimum because no matter what you have to do or what happens in the way of you crossing that finish line, as long as you cross that finish line, you're good. You could get married in between crossing that finish line. You can have 17 children in between crossing that finish line. But if you are 20 years old and it takes you 20 years to cross that finish line, you know what? You fucking did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It starts with taking one class a semester to two classes to if you have your plate full and you're not very hungry and you decide, I can only take one class a semester. Or you know what? Go ahead and give me a little bit more and I'm going to take two more classes a semester. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You fucking keep going and you fucking do it until you're wearing your graduation cap and your gown and you're holding each child on your hip. And, you know, for their shortcomings, I don't want to say I didn't have loving parents. They were really great. Were they the best in terms of uh, knowing how to nurture someone as weird as I was? No, not really. But they tried their best. Yeah. And um, my mom actually... uh, got pregnant with me when she was uh, just graduated high school and went to community college and then just kind of had to postpone everything but she finished she finished two years after i graduated high school see and uh she's doing well now so that is very much you know the epitome of going back and and finishing and, and doing Exactly, because she, she is first generation. Yeah, mom is first generation. So, um, you know, I and for me, I I view school as um, I'm just I'm just a rebel. I'm just like fuck everything, fuck the system. Oh, so you were saying fuck the system? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't saying fuck the system. I was like fucking go through it, you know? No, so I. <laughs> Because for me, specifically for me, I I had found a, a venue to be able to be fine without it. But to everybody else, I kind of said, you know what, at least go and try college. To me, I, I had a few years of college and it opened my world to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It expanded my mind very, very much. Um, even, I'm like, even philosophy expanded my mind No, just uh, to the depth of like, what and who am I? Yeah. And um, so when you're in, you know, just graduating high school, you feel like your little 
town, your little area is the world. It's mm -hmm. everything. Absolutely. Um, but when you go to college, when you experience that, you realize that the United States now becomes your bubble. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then as you go further beyond that, you realize then the bubble expands to the world. When you start to go beyond, when you start to, uh, you know. Explore yourself and other options. Exactly. Absolutely. And uh, that was something I didn't realize, but was something that I very much appreciated that I had the time to do when I was in college, was just kind of explore all that. Because I will very much say college is not for everyone, mm -hmm. but I would say at least give it a try to expand your horizons. Because you, you'll see how much it expands your mind compared to everybody else who didn't get to go. So even a year or two is still better than nothing. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I have to get back to my questions because... Oh, yeah. We yeah. are allotted on time. Yep. Um, so you and I have actually spoken quite a bit on this subject, and the kind of rom-com that I can't stand is the one where a single mom is involved, like the movie Overboard. Mm. Have you seen that? Yes. Okay, so it's Anna Ferris, and she plays a single mom of three, and she takes in this wealthy Mexican playboy played by Eugenio Derbez, that gets amnesia after falling overboard. Mm -hmm. uh, she brings him home to her kids, and after like two weeks, they fall in love and blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but see, like, I can't believe that. Um, I don't think that's realistic. And it's not that I hate rom coms, but after stuff that I've been through, and I told you I used to work at a children's hospital, like, that would just be so difficult for me to even think about. And, um, and before I even begin to talk about your Priscilla, um, i got to talk about, I'm going to say his name is Troy. See, I don't have that bravery like you to, like, just put their shit out there. You know, <laughs> like, i got to, like, like, be chill about uh, it. Um, so in 2010, Troy and I met through Facebook through a mutual friend. Um, I met him when I was married, and he was with his ex, and I thought he was hilarious, and we clicked, like, friends almost instantly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we met in person in September of 2019. He's 42 and I was 26 at the time. He's divorced, no kids. Um, and I drove down to Houston. He'd come up here. Like other than the distance, we were pretty much together. Um, we talked every day, posted pictures together on social media. Uh, so in October one night, I'm over there and we go to a country bar and I go to the bathroom. And when I come out, he has a serious look on his face. And he says his ex-girlfriend is there, took pictures of us, and was sending them to him and started saying that I was fat and that um, how could a bodybuilder like him even be interested in me, which to me is like, no matter how hurt you are, don't attack another female's weight, you know? Um, this woman is like over a decade older than me, which was like fucked up. Um, anyway, we end up leaving and I'm like super pissed off. So we go back to his house. He goes down on me to like apologize. I get a graphic in my stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, I've noticed. Sorry. Um, <laughs> not sorry. Uh, so he goes down on me to apologize and we're both naked. And I end up going down on him in the living room. 
and we hear his front door start to like open like we hear the key slide in um the door is open and he runs like his dick is out and the dog is fucking going nuts and he's like you are welcome here i have a gun and so she starts screaming at him and is like um power of christ compels right so she starts screaming at him in spanish and i'm like and so i walk up and i'm like you need to leave or i'm calling the cops also in spanish so her name is margie and i'm gonna keep it to margie and um she was like oh she's here so she's like talking shit to me in Spanish. She's calling me Piruja, Puta, like all of these fucking names. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like waiting for him to like defend me or say anything, but he doesn't. Um, yeah. Naturally. So, yeah. So then she says to him, like, never call me again, which stands out to me, right? So she leaves and we're both just kind of like shook, like we're shocked. Like we um we go to the living room couch and we're both like naked well i'm like i still have my top on um but i ask him i'm like why did she say don't contact me again and he's like okay well i fucked up and i said so you fucked up or you fucked her you know like so then he admits that he had fucked her two weeks prior i get up i put my clothes on grab my stuff and i say change the locks if you're serious about never uh, speaking to her again, get those locks changed. And I left, I drove three three hours home. Uh, The following week, he's texting me, I'm so sorry, that wasn't planned. And I'm like, Troy, you didn't fuck up by fucking her because he and I at that point, like we still had an established relationship, you know? Um, We were essentially just like fuck buddies. Um, That had been going on for like a month. and I said, when she was talking shit about me, you didn't defend me. Um, but when I called her a fucking psycho, you jumped to her defense. You were like, oh, well, it's not really her fault. It's my fault because I fucked her and I was inviting her over. That right there is <coughs> probably the worst thing. That was a super red flag. Yeah. It just not matching the person's actions with their words is just very infuriating. Oh, yeah. Very. I was like, you didn't defend me at all, you know? And I said, the entire time, you didn't defend me at all. But once I even insulted her a little bit, you fucking went crazy and you started defending her. And so I was like, you know what? Figure it the fuck out, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, it's like another page. And so we get back together in November and everything is going good when he tells me he's ready to meet my kids. And I do get kind of like freaked out, but this man has included me in many future scenarios and even fulfilled some. So I felt safe. Like we plan up the weekend after Thanksgiving. We went to San Antonio, Austin, uh, then back to Houston to his house. And everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, my oldest (laughs) over eight in San Antonio. So she puked her little brains out. My baby got sick on our way to Austin. Um, so I kept having to stop in order to clean her up and change her. Um, but he took it in stride. Like we came back home to Dallas and Troy kind of goes quiet. Um, in December, we make plans to see each other for Christmas. Then he kind of does this thing where he tries to exclude my kids, but I tell him, I'm like, dude, it's fucking Christmas. Like, 
I'm not missing the day with my kids. So, side note, my birthday is uh, Christmas Eve. Oh, happy early birthday. Yeah, I'll you. remember. I'll try to remember. I'll do my best <laughs> to remember. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So, he was like, he kind of went quiet. And um, one day while I'm at Walmart, this was like two weeks before Christmas, I'm getting stuff for Christmas activities that we do every year. And I get a long message from him on Facebook. I didn't even get a phone call. And to cut it short, it states that there was a reason he's 42, childless and single. He said he couldn't see himself as a family man. Um, He had nothing but good things to say about my kids. But he just said that he couldn't do it. So I was like, great, never, ever date a single mom ever again. To which he responds, don't worry, I won't. Um, In January, I get a message from an unknown number. I ask who it is. Um, And it's him. And he's like, well, I was just trying to make sure that enough time had passed by for me to contact you again. And he essentially states that he would come up here to see me. And I'm like, Troy, if you come up here to see me, I'm going to put a fucking leash on you and walk you around downtown Dallas like the fucking dog you are. To which he responds, that's kind of hot. I'm down. And I'm like, no. Fucking pathetic. Right. What? On Valentine's Day, I get a random message on Instagram with a YouTube link. And the whole time I'm like, oh, fuck. Someone uploaded my fucking sex video on youtube like i'm <laughs> fucked um wait 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 what what is the mariah carey song what, what does she say why are you so obsessed with me no that one oh never there's mind. another one uh, <laughs> uh, there's one where she says specifically don't upload to youtube she specifically says that mm, she's a smart woman um so on valentine's day yeah so i end up getting that random message on instagram I end up getting a random message on Instagram with a YouTube link. It's Troy. Um, Essentially, he's apologizing and verbatim from the message he sent me in December. Once again, states my kids are great, and he didn't realize what dating a single mom would be like. He's just, I don't know. He's, like, asking to be my, um, he's, like, asking to be in my life, and he's, like, begging me to, like, in the video, Mm -hmm. which is no longer up because he's a pussy. Um, but I forgive him and we aren't together at all. We aren't talking romantically. There's no sex or anything like that. Um, but in April, he starts sending me videos of other women saying things like, I miss you so much. And I go, why are you showing me this? And he goes, I thought you would think that's sexy. And I said, no. So he continues with, actually, I think she's a tranny. And I said, Troy, all I've gotten from this conversation is you like trans women. Um, and a few more words were sent. And then I was like, you know, I can't fucking do it anymore. So I ended up blocking him, which he honestly, he should have stayed blocked, you know. Um, but that's like the only time I've ever let a man meet my kids. And that took fucking almost two years of knowing someone. So I just, I can't fathom these rom-coms ever being real life-like at all, you know? Like, I just can't imagine, like, meeting a man, and in two weeks, I know he's instantly the one. So, when you throw kids into the mix, I could very much see why it would 
stymie things, basically, because there's just, there, you know, um, there was this one Hallmark movie that I saw where it was like this rich kid has an inheritance but is locked behind all these little steps and he meets a, a girl that's sick in the park and her mom shows up and they, you know, the guy and the girl fall in love and whatever. Of course. But that the girl's sick and she finds out that, you know, it's basically like Brewster's Millions where he has to spend all this money and basically he has to give it all away. And he, the girl is sick and he's trying to like use her to give the money to, to get his inheritance. And she's like, no, I don't want your, your stuff. We don't need you. We don't need yeah. your help. And after a while, he does come around and actually become a, a decent human being. Uh, you, yeah, <laughs> but how I often? I don't believe that. Yeah, how yeah. often does that actually happen? Fuck, never. Exactly. Oh my and, god, um, that's like essentially but, overboard. You know what yeah, I mean? Like exactly. he's like this eccentric millionaire yes, that just and he gets amnesia oh. and then he falls in love with this woman and her three kids and mm-hmm. can't imagine his life without him. And blah, 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 blah. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, that shit would like, yeah. never fucking happen. Yeah. A, I've hardly ever been on a boat. <laughs> I've been like, on a fucking pier I when can't I'm even fishing. fucking swim. So what is no, that? No, I can fucking I mean, like, kind of swim. Like, after a while, because I'm fat, I'd probably get, like, tired and I'd be like, fuck it, I'll drown. No, but see, I, I used to actually be like, Oh, it was fun. You know, you just go out there and you jump off the twenty foot dive, and you're just like, it, it feels like you're flying. I don't know. But so, no. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> movies, man! Like they fuck them. Honestly. So yes, and so like, I don't know because a lot of these movies, yes, they they have it to where you're like. They have an AI that made a Christmas Hallmark movie. Oh it was God. like, oh, my kids are, you know, needing a dad because uh, their dad was the the spirit of Santa. And the guy comes in and he's like, oh, I'm a businessman, but uh, I have suitcases for hands. And uh, I'm the spirit of Christmas. And she's like, no, it. it it was written by AI. That's why it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, that makes no fucking sense. Yeah. No, but basically, it turns out that um, basically, like every single Hallmark uh, Christmas movie, Trash. a big old tycoon comes into town, tries to wreck up the place. She falls in love with the guy, and they, because of their love, are able to save the town or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Save the whole fucking town from yeah. their AI love. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> there, there's a, a commercial. I, I need to send it to you. There's a, a an a it's a it's an Olive Garden commercial written by an AI, and it it's just the most fucking hilarious thing. It is it's it's it's, it's, it's you know how like uh, they have Olive Garden and they're like, um, we have unlimited breadsticks. And then they're like, oh, yeah, a little bit of breadsticks. We have this. And then um, we see that you come here for the whatever it is. 
And the, the, like, I'm telling you, it's, it's fucking Sorry, ridiculous. All that did was make me want lasagna. I love lasagna. Lasagna's actually fucking my favorite. lasagna, like, right now. But I ordered flautas. Anyway. That was, like, two hours ago. Two hours know. ago. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's because nobody's awake right now. I think we're that's why awake. it's taking so long. Yeah, we're but awake. we're drunk and we're doing a fucking podcast. Also, I work nights. Not everyone works nights. I just stay up at random times. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry for keeping you awake. No, I just, you know, I stay awake. Uh, so back to the storyboard because now we only have fucking eight minutes to record. Well. Um, so I have never really had anyone do a grand gesture for me or at least none that I myself can remember. Um, romance and someone with an actual romantic heart are so hard to come by. I think if someone knew I was more into receiving random flowers, um, come home to a clean house, kids in bed in a hot bubble bath with chilled mimosas or nachos, I would die or poop myself. And then I would really need the bath, right? Um, But I'd also like someone to like, plan a trip or vacation as a surprise, including finding a babysitter. So I don't have to worry about that. And see, and, and I'll stop you right there because tickets to a concert. Sorry. Well, because so before I learned the secrets of manlyhood, I thought grand gestures were the end all be all. And I thought that's what it was supposed to be. Right. But I actually read this secret top secret book. That's only for men. You can never know what it is. Too bad. I'm going to read it. Oh, well, What's it called? No, I'm not going to tell you. No, you have to no, tell me. I don't have to tell you. I'm going to find it out. Well, sure. Anthony. Try. Fucking find it out. Yeah, okay, whatever. Felipe. Anyways. Pinche so basically Felipe. he says the point of the guy is to take care of everything. And the point of the girl is to just have fun and relax. Well, yeah. So in yeah, the so if the guy of... takes care of setting the time, setting the place, setting the dates, all the girl has to worry about is having fun. To which case, then she can just relax and be able to enjoy the time. And so I learned that in 2017. I had no idea about that before then. I just knew about romantic gestures. And so at that point, I combined the two, and that's when Priscilla existed. And so that's where I believe I had made the best dates ever, like ever, because I like spontaneously showed up because I was living in Oklahoma at the time and she was still here in Dallas. And I like made it to where she thought I was in Oklahoma, but I showed up at her front door like, hey, let's go. On Bro, date. that could be fucking scary in this day and age because some they could well, be fucking. Yeah, but we were already else. talking for like three months, so it wasn't like scary. I don't, I don't trust anyone. Well, okay, I guess that's my fault. It was kind of like that bow wow. Um, bow wow, yippee yippee The the bow wow music video where she's like on the phone with him and he's like, I don't know, and she's like, I'm just kind of bored. He knocks on the door, and she's like, spontaneously shows up. Oh, like somebody's knocking on the door. He's like, oh, I wonder who that could be. Someone did that shit to me. I would be like, hair in a bun, all in sweats, probably like. So I, I, I got her to be like, we're gonna have a chicken nugget date or some shit. I don't remember. Fucking like on Zoom or some shit. 
And I said, you need to wear a dress and like be dressed up. And she's like, why? That makes no sense. I was like, no, just do it. Just trust me. Because I miss you looking sexy. Exactly, basically. And I showed up at her front door and we went ice skating, actually. So, yeah. Um, Ice skating in a dress, though? Well, you know, it wasn't my best laid plan, but it was yeah. at the Galleria, so it was it was nice. Um, but basically, I was trying to do these grand gestures, and I realized after all, like all these years, that one, I was projecting. I had this like vision yeah. of who I wanted that person to be not for who they were but for who I wanted them to be and so when they wouldn't live up to that expectation I would feel hurt and and in fact one time she told me that yes and I was was like fuck you you're fucking stupid that doesn't make any sense (laughs) that's actually what I was going to bring up when she told you you hurt yourself um, because you thought of these scenarios in your head and how it's supposed to be, correct? Yep. Um, and then when they didn't react how you wanted or expected them to, uh, you did feel hurt. Um, which this is the relationship that you feel like you ruined and you feel like you possibly even ruined her own ideations of love and how it's supposed to be, correct? Oh, absolutely. Um which brings me back to a quote from Oscar Wilde, which is like one of the best mm-hmm. poets. Um, I agree. And it is, uh, women are meant to be loved, not understood. Mm-hmm. Um, but hearing that, something that I would love, right? Because I just explained like the things that I love. Mm-hmm. How would you surprise me? Like, how would you, what would be your grand gesture? To well, me, if we were ever, we're not, we're friends. Yeah. But think about it. You know, I'm a single mom. I have two kids. How would you? It's really sad because it wouldn't take that much effort. It really wouldn't. It wouldn't. And you put in so much I effort. I put in so much because that it would you go didn't... over the top. Right. And that would scare the shit out of me. Exactly. I would and be so like, that's, that's the so problem. I w- because for me, it's either all or nothing because it's either we're not and we're just friends or I am devoting my entire life, life savings <laughs> to my my passion for you is the is burning with the white hot intensity of a thousand suns Ooh, yeah Icarus mm-hmm. you know the story of Icarus, right? Yes, I know. Okay, so yeah. Icarus flew mm-hmm. too close to the sun, and, and he fucking melted. And there you go. And he fucking plunged into the fucking ocean. Yes. So we will be right back to talk a little bit more about this. So we just finished talking about Icarus and flying too close to the sun. And there is a scene on Smallville where Clark Kent is proposing to Lois Lane. And there are petals raining. And you attempted to recreate the scene. This is like your most favorite scene, right? Yes. It's it's one of my... I loved Smallville. Oh, same. And 
when he proposed to Lois, and it's funny because the episode was called Icarus, that was mm-hmm. the title of the episode, is when he proposed, he had petals r- raining down from the sky. And um, in high school, I attempted to do the same thing. And I had, I would say, probably hundreds of sheets of construction paper that had little rose petals um, stenciled into there. And I enlisted probably my entire class to cut them out for me and have them ready by the end of the day. And someone would be at the top of the stairs raining them down as I then presented flowers to my then girlfriend so it did uh what was her name Veronica okay and um it uh again was it appreciated to the full effect no of course not because it's it was very specific Unless they were a Smallville fan at the time, they had no idea of what it actually meant to me. Um, But those are the kind of gestures that I learned to stop doing because they were more about me than about them. Uh, But I didn't learn that lesson until very later on because I kept basically projecting and doing things that I thought were for them, but in actuality were for me instead. Um, so there was a, a lot of um, dates and things that I thought were really great where maybe they were, but in my point of view, and maybe not as great. I, I'm pretty sure they were pretty good still, but just not as great as I thought they were compared to what they actually viewed them as. You know what what sucks is that I can hear the um, sadness in your voice. Um, Give me one second. I have to answer this phone call because it's Uber. It's my food. Oh, it's the tacos. My tacos. Hello. Tacos, yeah. By the way, guys, grand gestures don't work. You got to play the game, as sad as it is. So, you know, don't be an open book. Keep a, a little mystery to you. Make it fun. Dating is about being fun. Do that and you'll you'll be alright. Did you continue talking? A, a little. What did you say? I said that dating should be fun and guys need to make it fun. And I think that honestly, that's very true. It's it's true. I trust me, again, the book that I read, it's entirely the guy's fault. If uh, that spark, you know, when everybody's like, oh, there's no spark or whatever, it's kind of gone. It's entirely the guy's fault. It's, it's the truth. 
I can I can say this from my own personal experience in dating. Um, what attracts me to a man is his brain. Um, if you can keep me laughing, if you can keep me guessing, if you can keep me, it's not playing mysterious. It's not playing games. It's if you can provoke my thoughts and make me see things from a different perspective, I become wildly attractive to you, attracted to you, you know, and, and I pray that I do the same to my, uh, to my, I don't know, my paramour at the moment. But back to the Lois Lane thing. The sadness that I just heard in your voice actually just made me pretty fucking sad. You know, because I can still feel the hurt that you experienced. It's just, you know, I've, I've come to realize in my age that your whole 27 years yes my whole 27 years <laughs> that the way that i function and think is not the same level as everybody else and so the level of attention and love and just like careful tuning of all these fine little details mm -hmm. isn't very common and that, unfortunately, unless I find somebody very rare, I'm not going to get the same thing in return. But don't you want the same thing in return? Absolutely. But, you know, could I, if I expect myself to do the impossible, should I expect that somebody else would also do the impossible for me? Uh, that's kind of pushing it, I think. Because so, mm -hmm. then that would require someone as exceptional as me. And I just don't know that there's that many people in the world that exist like I am. So I have to read this tweet to you. Mm -hmm. um, it's by a friend of mine who I simply adore. And it's at SENEXI27. This is on Twitter. Um, and it says, knowing your partner's love language is fucking critical. Not listening to them when they tell you how they need to be loved will have, will have them feeling neglected. Don't matter how much you think you're loving them, if it's not in their language, the love won't reach them. And that, I mean, I think I touched on it when I talked about Priscilla, but mm -hmm. that is absolutely true because... My love language is a mix between uh, acts of service, I think, and quality time. Mm -hmm. To where hers was all, like all about physical touch. Mm -hmm. And so to me, where I was all about the intellectual, she was about the physical. And there was a huge disconnect there where, I mean, obviously I'm a guy, so mm -hmm. that happened. But for me, I was bearing my soul out to her and it just didn't seem to reach her. 
And at some point, it just became too much to bear. So even though I was in the depths of being in love with her, I said, you know, I don't think this is what it's supposed to be like. So I ended it. Do you think that because you guys were younger, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that if tests like the ones that there are now, like I'm ENFP dash J, right? I don't remember specifically what the letters are. Well, I'm essentially Khaleesi. I'm an advocate, but I don't remember. I'm a protagonist. Okay. Um, but, which is like, I can love extremely hard, but once I feel betrayed or once whatever, I do not give a fuck, you know, which is essentially, it started making sense. Like right after I took this test, which was probably about a couple of weeks ago, a lot of things that happened in my marriage made sense, you know? Um, but I feel like knowing your partner's love language will help you so much down the road. It doesn't, your sign doesn't matter. Uh, age difference doesn't matter. It's the love language because if someone is telling you something and you are not paying attention and you are not listening and you are not learning from them, what is the point of being together? They look good. What does it have in the long run? Yeah, and, you know, for everything that I thought, because, again, I full-heartedly, like, I cannot explain how much I thought that Priscilla was just, like, my, like, she was everything. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, I realized that, one, I was projecting, and two, that I wasn't really paying attention to her mm-hmm. as I thought I was. And But this was like years removed. It's like two years past afterwards that I realized that all of this, but I didn't realize. Right, because this was your last episode back in July. Yeah. I didn't realize how much... I was ignoring basically because I was focusing on myself that I wasn't looking at her because I was seeing what my vision of her in my head was. And how long did you two date? Uh, About a year and some months. And so this is my last question of the night for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that you've taken this as a lesson in really reading body language and giving yourself that chance to actually realize what a person would like instead of just assuming? Yeah, I've, uh, I've learned to, instead of assume or just kind of think that people are the same as me, and so they will have the same intensity or lack thereof of any kind of feeling that I really got to pay attention to what the other person is because basically again I'm just really weird and so all of my 
needs and wants are not the norm. Mm. And so I got to pay attention to specifically what that person is yearning for. Because in the midst of it all, I can be anything, really. I could be whatever anybody wants. Because the pleasure, the most pleasure that I get is from pleasing them. Me too. And so if I could be what they want, that's what I'll be. And a giver, so, a provider. Yeah. And so instead of focusing on how much, you know, I'm lacking in all this or that, I would then focus on them and see, now knowing my shortcomings, mm -hmm. what they're lacking and kind of help them progress forward. So, I'm sorry, that's not my last question of the night. <clears throat> Because you mentioned your ex-girlfriend, Alex, right? Mm -hmm. And I actually, I think that I wrote this down. Um, you did a lot for her. Um, you actually, you talked about this one summer that you worked and you were making like $100, $200 a day or something like that, right? Yep. And yes, you bought yourself nice things, but the majority of your money went to Alex. Yeah. And my thing is, is that, are you not afraid that by doing these grand gestures and purchasing all of these things for the wrong one, at the end of the day, like, you're going to end up with someone that sees you as a sugar daddy, or someone that sees you as a means to live by, or someone that sees you as, because that's what I worry about for you. I do not want you to be with someone that their love language is materialistic things. Although you can provide that, and that's great. Wonderful, honestly. I'm not I'm not judging if that's what you are. If you're a giver, that's beautiful, you know? But there are so many different ways to be a giver. Like Veronica, her love language was touchy-feely, right? You could have done couples massages. You guys could have gotten pedicures and manicures together you guys could have you know what i mean mm -hmm. like that's little gestures that she would have really appreciated not that i'm saying that you know you, you did anything wrong you you didn't do anything wrong because at the time you didn't know better you were a high school kid you know this is the way that you knew how to show your love and your affection which is beautiful because you thought you were doing the right thing once again I'm not saying you did the wrong thing because you didn't. This is just how you... There's a, there's a thing, though, that I, I think is pretty funny with, between me and Alex. So in between that, you know, she just cheated on me. I'm mm -hmm. trying to move on. Okay. I'm hanging out with my then a part of my best friend. We had a group of best friends, and it just so happens that one of them was a girl. And she could have sworn that if we ever broke up, I would go with her. Now, the funny thing is, I never saw her that way. Like, to this day, I will, like, defend with my life that I never, ever... Alex thought you would go to this yes. friend? Okay. There we now, go. the fun the friend, 
ended up being Veronica. Spooky. I know. And and the, the, the thing is, I only, I guess, I would know to the grave that I really only saw Alex while I was with her. Like, I was so in love with her that I only saw her, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But she would believe that every time we had a fight that I would go to Veronica. Veronica was there as my best friend when anything would happen, but just because she was part of the guys. And I know what that sounds Honey, like. Honey, that's how we swoop in. But it just, it's, because I really never saw her that way, ever. I never, ever thought of her. I believe you. As that, until she cheated on me and then she was there. And I was like, oh, hey, she's a girl. She's really cool. Really close. And then it just, it happened. And oh, I remember. she has a vagina. That's cool. <laughs> We were walking, I was walking to her class one day, and I swear it was just like in a movie because I was with Veronica walking to her class, and Alex walked by coming across from us, and it, it went like in slow motion. I saw her, and she saw me, and we look at each other, and it, it just slow panned, and I was like, oh shit, here it comes. She didn't text me. She didn't call me. This mm-hmm. was in 2009. Mm-hmm. She emailed me. She said, oh, I see how much respect you have for me. You didn't tell me. You mm-hmm. moved on already. And, uh, and I was like. She moved on while you guys were in a relationship. I was, I was going to say, on. like, what is that? Yeah. What? Like, she cheated on me. What does that even mean? But anyways. Um, so intentions wise i've always been very naive because i've always tried to do what i thought was right even though it might have been wrong and the biggest thing was with priscilla where i thought i was the best boyfriend i could ever be and in fact it turns out i was probably one of the worst ones ever yeah dude you were kind of mentally abusive yeah 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 and i didn't know that until afterwards and then i look back and i'm like oh yeah my dad that wasn't really great and uh you know her best friend hating me at the time i was like what the fuck like i didn't i didn't do anything but yeah 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 and so the the one thing that I wished with all my exes was that I could convey the actual intent of what I was trying to do so they could actually understand that I wasn't trying to hurt them. I wasn't trying to do anything malicious. It was just what I truly believed was the right thing to do. And after I learned that it was the wrong thing, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, because you kept it in the family. After I learned what I was doing, I wished to talk to them, but, you know, at the time I hurt them so bad, they were like, no, fuck you, I never want to talk to you again. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, 
So I'm thinking on the, the psychology of Veronica, right? Yeah. And um, so girl meets boy. Mm-hmm. Boy meets best friend. Mm-hmm. Boy gets cheated on by girl. Mm-hmm. Boy goes to best friend. Yeah. So I'm thinking, in a way, <clears throat> Veronica may have thought that you were only with her to get back at Alex. That's very much true. Okay. She told me that. So, uh, so me and Veronica were... Hold on, though. I'm not done. Okay. So you... She, fighting an insecurity, may, whether it was or was not true, you're both fighting this demon, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why Veronica... Could not believe that your feelings were real. Yeah, well, you know, my, out of all my relationships, the longest one that I was in was with Veronica. Mm-hmm. We were together for six years. Right. But it was, um, It was basically just like a a friendship turned to love because we weren't as passionate as you would expect for that long. Um, At at one point, you know, our families were like, oh, y'all should get married. And we both like were like, you know, we both know that that's not going to happen. We're just kind of here to help each other get to where we need to get and that's about it that's kind of like nice because you know you know when you meet someone they're in your life for a reason or a season mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you both guys knew your reason and your season you know what i mean so when you guys broke up was it amicably was it how no. did you fuck up again what did you do i didn't do nothing mm. <laughs> i didn't do nothing you can't prove nothing Right. Now, all I did was, uh, at one point, I said, you know, it's probably not healthy that we're we're doing this. We we fight all the time. We're we're angry. Like I'm normally a very patient person. Oh, I see that. Yeah. But with her, like the instant she did anything, that fucking plane wasn't clean. Fuck is what the fuck is that? Like it was instant. We were living together. I we just lived got together. Triggered. Exactly. We were living together for four years. I won't, we were, you know, it, it was, it, it was really bad. So I knew that I needed to just get away from it all. So I said, I'm just going to cut it off completely. I'm not going to talk to her. I'm not going to do anything. Um, and then, wouldn't you know, as I left Oklahoma to go to Wisconsin, that's where Priscilla showed up. And so from my first girlfriend where that caused me to have my little body thingy. Just marked yeah. Yeah, to Priscilla, I was never at a point where I could be alone. 
So I never learned to be alone, which caused a lot of the problems, actually. Um, and now I know a lot about myself and I understand myself <clears throat> a hell of a lot more. How long have you been single? More than I care to say. How long have you been single? Philip, Anthony, Martin. Uh, Pam. So, you know what? Don't even start with that damn Pam. Because <laughs> my family would, they would tease me all the time. They're like, oh, Pam. Um, it's been since November of 2017. Oh, that's not bad. Wow, well, yeah. That's close. three years. Yeah, I know. But I've going from... Too. Going from never being single for more than a few months mm -hmm. to being single for three years, it's a, it's a big leap. It's obvious, 10. Whoa, 10 times as an order of magnitude, ma'am, in terms of physics. But anyways, no, I... I learned after that that it is really important to have time to yourself. Mm -hmm. to Especially after stuff. a breakup. Yeah. Because you need to be able to like reassess so that you don't take in the bitterness from your previous relationship into your new relationship. And that's exactly what I was doing the whole time. Mm -hmm. I kept going from one to the other, taking the bitterness of each one and like ruining the next. They kept going and going and going. Until the last one, which was Priscilla, had all these expectations she was the perfect one and she was either going to be it and I was going to marry this girl because it was do you remember how I was saying like my life is a movie it was so fucking perfect I met her five years previously and we had one kiss and then I disappeared I left the states mm -hmm. never to be heard from again and then I reappeared five years later just like in The Great Gatsby, I disappeared and she was amazed. And curious. You do that and I just think of like Talia Knight when they're like, I'm the magic man. <laughs> I'm the magic man. Yeah. <laughs> Shake and bake. <laughs> I don't understand what the shaking and the baking. Diablo, but it's like <laughs> Spanish for fighting it's chicken. Fighting chicken. Dodge made a commercial with the. Talladega Nights with the young Ricky Bobby Beautiful. like a few days ago like a week ago maybe it's amazing I loved it um but no so I you know I thought okay well I could go into this relationship and everything would be fine but I had all these expectations and things that I didn't realize but ruined the entire thing from the beginning because I came in thinking I'm five years removed from ever seeing this girl. I come in and I she's everything that I want. And I'm like, wow, this I'm I'm dead set on marrying this girl. And we're going and I'm ignoring all the signs that say that she's actually not what I think she is. Because I'm like, no, it's it's too good a narrative, it's too good of a mm -hmm. of a story point to, to ignore. 
and I keep pushing forward. I keep trying to force the issue. And a year and a half later, I come to terms with, you know what? I may be in love with her deeply, but I don't think she's who I think she is. And so I broke up with her. And I swear that it's still to this day the hardest thing that I have ever done. And I don't think she'll ever understand what that was because I was so madly in love with her and I still broke up with her because I knew that no matter how hard I tried, no matter how much effort I put in, it would not Whether that was because she needed to then, you know, grow herself and I needed to as well, or whatever, I just knew that no matter how much effort I put into trying to be better, it wasn't going to work. So. so I think you and I need to pick back up on this. I really loved our conversation from tonight, but unfortunately, we've literally run out of time. Um, thank you once again. I appreciate you so much for being on with me tonight and um we you and i can always continue conversating but for the podcast you guys thank you so much for listening